0: Today we're going to begin a new series on discipleship. In our culture today, I believe many of us are being not Uh, form correctly, but I would use the word malformed, not only by social media influencers, politicians, people who really offer an unrealistic way to live. And Jesus did not begin his public ministry that way. He could have easily did a media blitz. He could have did a political campaign, but he chose 12 eclectic broken, sinful men. And he began with two words. He called them, follow me. And that meant that their lives would be changed forever. And when he said, follow me, it wasn't just an electronic invite to a Sunday school class. He was saying, as you follow me, you will become like me and you will be changed forever. And I want to say this, our church will become a disciple-making community. We exist for For anyone to believe in God to become like Jesus and build together. We're not just building this church. As Michael said yesterday, we're even trying to enhance and build the city in which the cities in which we live in. And we have a heart to become get this, multipliers of people who will love Jesus and become like Jesus. And as a result, I believe we can awaken California. I feel so stirred today when you come to church on Sundays, please do not come as a spectator. Yesterday, a bunch of people from Florence and Ramsey, Anthony and Darlene, we had the Dodgers against the Yankees. Jake and the boys, they were Yankee fans. Darlene and Anthony are from New York, they were Yankee fans. But come on, Florence is a Dodger fan. And they were fans. They, they had the garb on. They, they, they ate the popcorn. But let me tell you what they did not do. They did not get out on the field and play. But this church is going to be transformed because we're all players. We are going to participate in the move of God and so don't wait for the music to start when you get in your car on Sunday morning begin to worship begin to pray begin to anticipate I am going to encounter God and he's going to encounter me and I'm going to be changed forever that's why you say "Well, you people this is like an Amway meeting no baby it's better than Amway it's a Jesus meeting And we respond and we clap. You know why? Because a quiet church is a dead church. Don't get me started, amen? So we will be multipliers of people who love Jesus and awaken California. Who is a disciple? A disciple is someone who follows a rabbi, a leader, a pastor, and they're shaped by them and they become like them. Now I want you to say this. You can become like Jesus by doing these four words. And I want you to write these four words down. And this is what this series is based on. We can become a disciple or become like Jesus through worship. You can write that down. We're going to talk about that today. We're going to begin to define what worship is through stewardship. And we will talk about that next week. So worship, stewardship, then fellowship, And then we will end the series on discipleship. So I'm going to say those again. We become like Jesus. And I just want you to know a disciple is a call of transformation through surrender and obedience. It is a call, follow me, is a call for us to surrender and to obey our God. And we become like Jesus when we worship, when we steward, when we fellowship, and when we have discipleship. So I'm going to put something on the screen. I'm going to read it and then you're going to participate. We're going to participate with one another here in the auditorium and online. I want to say this, worship is the people of God adoring God. Did you hear that? So worship is the people of God adoring God. Will you say it with me? Worship is the... Then the next one, stewardship is the people of God participating in the work of God. That's why yesterday was very, very important. We were participating in the work of God. We are not called to be Olympic judges where we're going, oh, music's kind of loud. I need to turn down the hearing aid. No, no, no. We are the people of God who are participating in the work of God. So let's say that together. Stewardship. Is the people of God participating in the work of God. Fellowship is the people of God living as the family of God. So let's say that together. Fellowship is the people of God. Come on we are a family. I have all my brothers and sisters with me. Come on Sister Sledge. That's who we are. We are the people of God living as the family of God. And then the last one is discipleship is the people of God practicing the ways of God. So let's repeat that together. Discipleship is the people of God practicing the ways of God. Now let me just say this to you. I want to give you three words today that as we begin to look at worship, we're going to look at pattern we're going to look at the purpose, and we're going to look at the practice of worship. You should write that down. We're first going to begin to look at the pattern of worship. Then we will go into the purpose. Why do we worship? And then how do we worship? So we will look at the pattern, the purpose, and the practice of worship. You and I were created to worship. And Bob Dylan said, you're going to worship or serve somebody. You're going to worship the Lord, or you're going to worship." yourself. And I would say there are two types of patterns of worship. One is a secular approach to worship. And that approach will always lead into an addiction. But then there is a godly pattern that leads into a transformation, which means a changed life. One of my favorite phrases is in the book of Acts uh, 17. Paul quotes a stoic philosopher. And he says this, get it, this to me is worship. We Should say it every day. In Him we live. If you know it, say it with me. In Him we live, we move, we have our being. Can you say amen? Now, in Latin, the word worship means worth, it means value. Whatever we value in life, we will worship that in life. Some people, and that's why I thought Michael and Gabrielle's point was so, so important. Many times, oftentimes we put family as the number one. Now is family important? You better believe it. I think we need to give uh, a high credence to family. But only God has the highest value. And when we give anything, no matter how good it is, that highest worth or value, it will lead to an addiction which leads to destruction. But I want you to know this. God is the only one that deserves the highest form of worship. We value God. That's why we come to church. That's why we tithe. That's why we serve. We are valuing God. Can you say amen? And we believe that. Now, another definition of worship, you should write this down, is to magnify something. You can always tell which someone worships. Right now, Quincy and Rio are worshiping Mario Brothers. I think they've watched it since it's come out on Apple, uh, iTunes, whatever, at least 10 times. And they could almost quote it. Some people say, well, I don't like memorizing the Bible. Can I tell you, you'll memorize anything that you value. Are you with me? You'll give your money to whatever you value. You, will, well, you say, Pastor Jude, why don't you buy boats and guns and motors like Becky's dad? Because I don't value that. Okay? In fact, I didn't want my son Jude ever to be a hunter. And so what did I do when he was three? I showed him the Bambi movie, the cartoon. And after Bambi was done, he came to me, go, Daddy, he said, "Uh, who shot Bambi's mommy? I said, Jude, a hunter, just like Papa. Kid you not, two minutes later, he comes, he has a Daniel Boone hat on, because Becky is a direct descendant of Daniel Boone. He had a wooden rifle. I said, where are you going? He said, Daddy, I got me a big, big gun. I'm going to shoot Bambi. (laughs) Backfired. Can I say, why did her father pay all that money? Is because he, that was his career, that was his life, that was his joy. So he gave, when people say, yeah, when you go to church, they ask for money. No, we're not asking for your money. God doesn't need your money. We don't need your money. We're trying to create a community of worshipers because whatever you worship, you're going to give some cash to. Ladies, never, ever, ever marry a man that goes Dutch on the first date. You need to marry a man who worships you. That means gives you the money. Amen. Let's move on. Amen. Ladies, can I get a witness up in here? My wife tells me all the time she said, "Baby, you need to acclimate me to heaven." I go, "What do you mean?" She said, "They have gates of pearl, streets of gold. They have diamonds and rubies." I'm going to feel like a stranger. Are you with me? You are a worshipper. And there is a pattern that is a secular form of worship that leads to an addiction that leaves us in a jail or a cul-de-sac, and you could be addicted in an instant, but it may take you years to get free of such a bondage. But all I know is when we worship God, we are transformed and liberated and made well and whole. Amen? Go with me, if you have your Bibles, go with me to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15 and we're going to look at verses 8 and 9 and I want to say worship is not music it's not chord charts it's not singing and God is not seeking worship he's seeking worshipers and so get the and this could apply to me at times and I want you to hear Jesus he says these people Draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. Oh, I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Lord, let me win the Powerball and I'll give you 50%. <laughs> I mean, have you ever prayed that? Especially when it gets up to $600 million. Man, when it got up to $600 million, I have to say I bought one. I said, Lord, I'll give you 50%. You know what he put on my mind? He said, why would you give me 50% of the Powerball since you do not give me 50% of your income? Okay, these people draw near to me (laughs) with their lips and get this, honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain, that means emptiness. In vanity, they worship me teaching as the doctrine, the commandments of men. When he had called the multitude to himself, he said to them, hear and understand. I believe today the church, when we worship right, the church will be aligned with God And I believe our culture can be transformed. When we worship with a godly pattern of worship, we are changed forever and ever. I want to read through this verse again. It says, these people draw near to me. Come on, a lot of times we get emotional. And worship does involve our emotions, but it's not just emotion. I want to draw near to God first of all with my heart, not just with my mouth. The Bible says draw near to God and He will draw near to you. You and I are as close to God as we want to be it says resist the devil and he'll run from you you know what this drawing near it could be a whisper in the heart God I want you God I need you God I honor you God I put you first in my life that is drawing near to God then he goes on he says they honor me with their lips I could say the greatest way we honor God is number one we show up on Sundays and we don't show up to be a spectator but we participate in this thing called worship then he says this, but their heart is far from me. In vain they worship me. It's empty. It says teaching is doctrine and commandments of men. Can I say this type of pattern leads to an addiction. An addiction is usually if you're addicted, I want to give you three words that are going to happen. You're going to sacrifice everything in your life for the addiction. How I many of you know anyone in your family that's ever been addicted to something? They sacrifice everything. I have a family member, not my immediate family member, just there now, about 18 months sober, And we were just with them in Louisiana and we were talking. I said, isn't it something, he was saying, Uncle Jude, we're now becoming closer. I said, yes, because addiction comes with a great sacrifice. And usually what is sacrifice is our job, our families, our relationship. But when we sacrifice for God, it heals us, it restores us, it sanctifies us. Can you say Amen. And I really believe that. When someone is addicted, not only do they make great sacrifices, they will serve that addiction. And that's why Bob Dylan is right. You and I were created to serve. I want to serve God. I don't want to serve the world. I do not want to serve myself. I want to serve God. Can you say amen? And then I really do believe this. Not only uh, um, that we sacrifice, not only do we serve, but usually, now sanctified means to be set apart, to be made special. An addiction makes someone who's very special very common. They're China but the addiction reduces them to a paper plate. I don't want to be a paper plate thrown out in the trash. I want to be sanctified. I want to be holy. I want to be special in the eyes of God and this time and space. Can you say amen? And we really believe that. Let's go to another scripture. And we're just looking at the patterns. That is a secular pattern. A selfish pattern. That is, I would say, a satanic uh, pattern. Now, let's go to a godly pattern. Let's go to Romans chapter 12. And we're going to read this. And it's uh, verses 1 and 2. It says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice Living, not a dead sacrifice. Do you get that word? So what are we looking at? You could see the practice of worship involves uh, sacrifice. It involves service. It involves sanctification. Acceptable to God which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed. Conformed means you're, you're shaped from the outside or you're shaped by culture. Don't be like a tube of toothpaste that gets really squeezed and the life that's in you comes out of you. It says this, to this world, but be transformed, metamorphosed, by the renewing of your mind. Why? That you may prove what is the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. I want to read this in the message paraphrase. It says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping This is worship. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity or Christ-likeness in you. That is what worship pattern does to us. We are renewed by our minds and we are transformed. Can you say amen? And so that is the pattern of worship. We could worship a godly pattern or we could worship a secular pattern. I just wanna tell you something that happened. Only Becky uh, knows the details of this. Um, Two Saturdays ago, my dear beloved Aunt Cookie, who is a second mother to my twin sister and I, uh, my heart is forever, Embedded in her heart. And um, on Thursday night, uh, I was feeling such intense grief over her passing. I really didn't even want to go to prayer, but I thought, no, you will go to prayer. And you will take off this sad feeling and you will begin to worship your God. And I promise you when it says that we believe in the communion of the saints. We believe that we not only worship on earth. Can I tell you they worship in heaven. And I believe there are moments where the church in heaven is worshiping with the church on earth. And the church becomes one and miracles happen. And sitting on the front row I was worshiping and all of a sudden just like Venetian blinds. The eyes of my heart and understanding were open. I saw into heaven and I saw some of my family members. I saw my Aunt Cookie, my Aunt Jerry, my Aunt June, some of my uncles, and they were worshiping. It was they were participating. Can I say, heaven has a pattern? We do not design worship. It is not up to us to design or make the pattern of worship. It's not like you have a Google phone or an iPhone. There's only one pattern for true authentic life-changing worship and it is the pattern that God established in heaven and when the church on earth is worshiping the way the church in heaven worship there will be an outpouring come on come on come on and I'm telling you, we are following that pattern. Now, what is the purpose of worship? If you have your Bibles, I want you to go to Psalms 19. We're going to look at verses 1 through 4. Can I say this? Worship has to have a mission. When worship does not have a mission, it's self-serving and it is not worship at all. And so I want us to begin to think, why church? Do you know what they used to call church services? We call it the nine o'clock service or the 11 o'clock service. They used to call it the worship service. Or the Catholic church, they call their celebration a mass. Now, mass in Latin has two meanings. Number one, celebration. If you've been to a Catholic mass lately, usually how mass starts, the priest and the one who's officiant over the celebration, they come in and they're carrying a cross, meaning that Jesus is the center of this celebration. Can I say the same here? We are not worshiping a gift we're not worshiping a minister we're not worshiping a church we are worshiping the Lamb of God who was slain before the foundations of the world it is Jesus that we worship but at the end of the mass because mass doesn't just mean celebration it means also to be dismissed and if you ever been to the catholic church it says now go love and serve the world that's what we did yesterday those 70 believers from city church california they were really worshiping because you cannot worship without serving but you can't serve without worshiping amen and so can I just say the rocks worship God, the sun worships God, the ocean worships God, and our church will worship God. Let's read Psalms 19, 1 and 4. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In them he has set a tabernacle for the son. Everyone say the purpose of worship. Say it again, the purpose of worship. The purpose of worship is to magnify our God. Not that he needs us to make him big. He's already number one in the universe, amen? Now, I want to give you this. A part of the purpose of worship, you need to get this. We are a praying church, and if you have not been to Thursday night prayer, I want you to come. The ancient church fathers used these two phrases, that the law of prayer shaped the law of faith. That the law of prayer would lead to the law of worship, which would lead to the law of believing that is or or credende the orande lex orande is our prayer there is a law of prayer that's why when we come in where Michael prayed we're praying we're worshiping we're magnifying God why because that shapes the law of what we believe can you say amen? I want to put something on the screen and I'm gonna read it then I want us I want you to participate with me in this I want to begin to read this worship sets us free from turning in on ourselves. When my aunt passed away two Saturdays ago, I was awakened uh, about four in the morning, 4.37, and I was, she was in my dream with another aunt that had passed away and I knew something had happened and I could feel it and then as I woke up within minutes, I received a phone call and the pain and the grief that came out of me and since that moment all I've wanted to do, hear me is to turn in on myself maybe you're going through a struggle in your life all you can do is magnify that struggle, stop magnifying your sin, your struggle your addiction, your problem your hurt, your pain. Magnify God and he'll heal your pain, your struggle, your addiction, your grief, your pain. And so I wanted to turn in on myself. So what did I do? I put on worship songs that I would not turn inward because worship sets us free from turning inward from the bondage of sin and the idolatry of culture. That's what worship does, it sets me free from turning within then it also sets me free from the bondage of our culture I mean the bondage of sin and the idolatry of our culture really the most idolatrous thing you could tell our culture is idolatrous because so many who have addictions they're using a secular pattern to shape their lives but the purpose is that we would be set free that we could look to God who is high who is glorious who is mighty who is loving and as we work worship him, I'm set free from sin and I am set free from the idolatry of our culture. Can you say amen? Will you read it with me? I want you to read it out loud. One, two, three. Worship. Oh, ah, oh. oh, here we go. All right, bam. Here we go. Worship sets us free Let's do it again. Worship. Wait, I want you to stop right there. This happens in marriage. When the couple begins to turn in on each other and they begin to look for this fault or that humanity, I would say this, couples, families, let's worship together. A family that worships together will stay together. We watch football games together we barbecue together. Why can't we spend three minutes, get your children, and just worship and watch the atmosphere of your home be transformed? Can you say amen? Now, I want to begin to look at the practice of worship. If you have your Bibles, we're going to go to the greatest scripture, probably in all the Bible. I think it's John three sixteen, but theologians would say it's Deuteronomy 6. And let's look at verses 4 and 5 and verse 13. So we're going to... Deuteronomy says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God. Please get this, with all, not half, not a third, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and you shall fear the Lord your God and serve him. Did you get that? Underline that. And shall take oaths in his name. I want to read that again. I'm going to do it slowly. Hear, O Israel. Worship begins with hearing. What are you hearing about God? Are you hearing that he's against you? Are you hearing that he's for you? What are you hearing about God? Is he faithful or unfaithful? And so what we hear about God determines how we respond to God. And it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And you shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and take oaths before him. I believe we need to be reintroduced to the fear of the Lord. I believe in America, in the church today, we need a reverence for our God. I think we've diminished and reduced our God and he is our BFM, but like, hey, this is my buddy. Can I say God is God? And we all will stand before God's judgment. And that should put an awe, respect in our soul that I am not having just a demigod. We worship Almighty God. Now, I want to tell you this. The word in Latin, adore or adoration. Remember, worship is the people of God adoring God. So adoration, adore, you could hear the word orate, which means to speak. And and so the picture of this was this is that you're going to God and you're speaking to God. Face to face. And remember what Moses said, Lord, show me your face. And no one had ever seen the face of God and lived. But Moses saw the face of God and he was transformed and he experienced the glory of God. If you find yourself in a cul-de-sac of bitterness, it could be that your believing has only sought the hand of God and not the face of God. When I get disappointed with the Almighty, it's usually the provision that I'm desiring did not come in the way I wanted or when. And what God has been impressing on me, he said, Jude, I want you to believe me for your needs to be met. In my riches, in my glory, in me. He said, but that is not worship. He said, worship is highly intimate. I want you to seek my face. And the scripture came to me. I heard the Lord saying, Seek my face. And I responded, Lord, your face I will see. It's in seeing the face of almighty God that we're changed from glory to glory into the exact image of God. I believe when the church worships, then with heaven. You know, right now, my aunt's seeing God. She's not looking through a glass dimly. She's not looking through the marine layer. The marine layer blocks the real view, but that that ocean's still there. Those hills are still there. My aunt now sees God as he is, and her transformation is going from glory to glory. We, as a church on earth, can seek God's face and be changed from glory to glory. Amen? Am I the only one who's gotten bitter with the Lord? Okay, I got two witnesses. All right, somebody's lying up in here. Usually when my believing turns into bitterness, it's because I'm seeking his hand more than I'm seeking his face. You should tweet that. To your ex. No. Can I say amen? Everyone say the purpose of worship. Say it again. The purpose of worship. Say the practice of worship. Say the pattern of worship. I want to do this. I want to put one other thing on the screen. Uh, One thing about being raised as a Catholic, I mean, you have to repeat things. And kind of bad for a non-Catholic because you don't know what they're saying or, or... to what to repeat probably one of the, my favorite things of the mass is this phrase and i wrote it out this is the purpose of their christ celebration i believe it should be the purpose why we gather and that is to worship god together i'm going to read it and then i want you to read it with me i think it's going to come on the screen i'm trusting it's ah oh, maybe it did bam that's magic right there it says may the lord accept the sacrifice of our hands For the praise and the glory of his name. All that we do is for the praise and the glory of his name. The church going and serving this city yesterday was for what? For the praise and the glory of his name. When we come and we worship, guess what? It's not for you. It's not for me. It's for the praise and the glory of his name. And it says this, for our good and the good of all His holy church. When the church gets worship right, the church is properly aligned. And how is that? God is number one. And all that we do is for his praise and the glory of his name. For all the church, amen? Not just our church, the whole church. Can you say amen? Now this is what I want to do. The keyboard player is going to come up. I want you to write those words down again. Sacrifice, service, and sanctification. What is the practice of worship? It's that. Number one, it's sacrifice. We cannot worship God without a sacrifice. What is a sacrifice? It's something that's going to cost us. Uh, David said, I will not give to the Lord that which costs me nothing. Can I say sacrifice brings a worship of God? Uh, My cousin, the daughter of my aunt, her and her husband are two of the greatest christians i've ever met there and you say why would you say that they're two of the most sacrificial people i've ever met we've become such a selfish society even in church and we bear the name of christ and we begin to think what about me what about my needs what about my wants but yet god is wanting us to sacrifice to him we don't sacrifice now look i would bring back old testament sacrifice If I could sacrifice my neighbor's cat. (laughs) I'm not going to do that. But you know what we can do? The sacrifice of our lips. And our praise to God. But can I tell you. When I serve and sacrifice Becky. It brings a worship. A love. I believe we need to sacrifice more. Write that down. And what is that? That's giving something that cost you. What is that? Your time. Your money. Your best. Your energy. Your business. All that you do. Worship isn't just music or Sunday. It's all our life. Ask yourself the question. Do you often make sacrifices for your family? For others? People on the job? Because that is an act of worship. The next one is, is serving. Serving. You're gonna serve someone. There's no way we could worship without serving. I believe the greatest worshipers in this church are those who are helping with City Kids right now. Many of the women and men that work at City Christian don't think they did it for money. We have teachers like Angela and Maureen, Lori Kump, who's a former teacher. They have given and given and given. They could have easily went and worked at a public school and got more money. What is that? That's a sacrifice. That's a sacrifice. I've been thinking about my life. When someone close to you passes away and it hits you, I begin to think, has my life made a difference? Has my life made a difference? I want to leave an eternal footprint on this earth i don't want just my carbon footprint i want the footprint of jesus christ through my life stamped in this time and space and how does that happen it happens through sacrifice and service think of all the people who will be serving in city kids camp you've never served on a team today's the day for you to sign up why because that will, will draw out of you authentic heavenly worship Serve on a team the next one is this sanctification and I really do believe this true worship has the power to sanctify you. what does an addiction do? An addiction makes reduces us to nothing. I remember I was reading one time in second Corinthians and it states this I have to paraphrase it, but it basically says if the devil had known what would happen on the cross, he would have never. Crucified Jesus. But it says it this way. If the devil and his demons who are coming to nothing knew what would happen on the cross, they wouldn't have crucified Jesus. And right then what came to my mind God said he always wasn't nothing. The day I created him he was something. He said the devil's mode of operation is to take something and make nothing out of it. That is a picture of addiction. Where their whole life is sacrificed, their family is sacrificed, they have to serve the addiction, and they're not sanctified, they're reduced to less than being human. But I promise you, I don't care where you're at, what you're facing, if you genuinely begin to worship God and consider His pattern and know the purpose and really practice worship, and you sacrifice for God. And think of it. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And you will love him with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. And you'll love your neighbor as your something And it says, verse 13. And you will make oaths. So that means you're going to sacrifice. You're going to commit to God. And you commit to God, I promise you. God has the ability to take nothing and make something out of it. God will take what your past was. He will take your wrongdoing. And He can bring something out of it. Because that's what worship has the power. To sanctify His holy church, this city, this state, and our generation. Can you say amen? We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.